the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Welcome back. Tuesday, August 30th, 2022. I am Seth Liebson. The phone number, if you'd like to join, is 602-508-0960. That's 602-5080-960. A year ago, July, President Joe Biden announced from the White House, quote, the drawdown in Afghanistan is proceeding in a secure and orderly way, prioritizing the safety of, their, of our troops as they depart. And thanks to the way in which we have managed our withdrawal, no one in the U.S. forces or any forces have been lost. Conducting our drawdown differently would have certainly come with an increased risk of safety to our personnel. He went on to say, quote, we will continue to provide civilian and humanitarian assistance, including speaking out for the rights of women and girls. Close quote. A year ago this month, Joe Biden told us Al Qaeda was gone from Afghanistan. A year ago this month, 13 U.S. soldiers were killed in the evacuation from Afghanistan. A year ago this month, Joe Biden called our evacuation an extraordinary success. Thirty days ago this year, we learned the founder and leader of Al Qaeda was living in the capital city of Afghanistan. In January of 2021, Joe Biden delivered his inaugural speech, twice repeating that he stood for unity. He then went on to say, quote, bringing America together, uniting our people and uniting our nation. I ask every American to join me in this cause, uniting to fight the common foes we face, anger, resentment, hatred, extremism, lawlessness, violence, disease, joblessness, hopelessness, close quote. Two years ago, November, Joe Biden pledged, quote, I pledge to be a president who seeks not to divide, but to unify, who doesn't see red states and blue states, but only sees the United States, close quote. Yesterday, we reported America may be more divided than at any time since the Civil War, with one major poll reporting that less than 25 percent of the population believes we are united as a country and over 74 percent thinking we are very divided as a nation. Joe Biden, earlier this year, said Republicans are the party of Jefferson Davis, the party of Bull Connor, the party of George Wallace. Those three ignominious dregs of history were, for what it's worth, all Democrats. Just a few months before that, Joe Biden's Department of Justice issued a memo based on the suggestion from the National School Boards Association claiming parents attending and speaking up at school board meetings where they opposed the racialization in our schools were domestic terrorists, that the FBI would coordinate with local law enforcement to quash them. Earlier this year, the head of the Democratic National Committee, Jamie Harrison, said the Republican Party was, quote, a party of fascism and fear, close quote. Last week, Joe Biden said the Republican Party was made up of semi-fascists. Yesterday, Jamie Harrison of the DNC said Joe Biden was speaking the truth. Today, we learned that Joe Biden will give a primetime speech on Thursday on the battle 
for the soul of the nation. Either Joe Biden and the Democratic Party have a different dictionary than we all do, or they see things through lenses that refract their images as opposites, upside down and inside out. Or he simply cannot ever be believed or trusted. If he told you it was raining, you would want to look outside to independently verify it. If he speaks of his virtue at your dining room table, you will want to count the spoons before he leaves. The last thing this country needs right now is a rhetorical pyromaniac discoursing on the soul of this nation and how he can heal it. It is not an extraordinary success when Afghanistan becomes the haven of hell it was right before we went into the first place with a greater loss of American life during our exit than even occurred in Saigon in 1975, what many at the time called a second day of infamy. Our nation's soul does not need examination and lecture when record numbers of Americans are dying from drug poisonings resultant from traffickers this administration will not go after and an open border that serves as the floodgate for that poison that this administration lies to us about being secure. Our nation's soul does not need healing when America is pitted, when American is pitted against American, with comparisons of half of Americans to the worst characters in history and war. While skins are thick in America, Republicans are used to hearing that their president or presidential candidate is a fascist or a racist. They heard it and tolerated it about Barry Goldwater. They heard it and tolerated it about Ronald Reagan. They heard it and tolerated it about George W. Bush. And we never not heard it while we tolerated it about Donald Trump. What is new and what pierces the skin is an American president using that language, that phraseology, the chairman of his party using that language and that phraseology, not just to slander the president or his one-on-one opponent, but to describe about half the country's people, the supporters of his political opponent, attacking Americans. Members of the opposite party, not just elected leaders who put their hat in the ring of public service, but everyday Americans, truckers, policemen, teachers, soldiers, firemen, plumbers, lawyers, doctors, moms, dads, and every other kind of everyday American that think normal thoughts. Normal thoughts like five-year-olds who may think they are Superman one day and Buzz Lightyear the next should not be empowered to make life-altering decisions about whether they should be a boy or a girl. Normal thoughts like teachers and school administration officials should not be in league with those five-year-olds in concealing such decisions from their parents. Teachers and school administration officials should not be teaching children that they are oppressors because of the skin color they were born with. Normal thoughts like teachers and school administration officials should not replace parents as the moral and character chieftains of their children. Normal thoughts like law-abiding citizens should not have their individual and constitutional rights taken away while the government turns a blind eye and a deaf ear to criminals who are taking others' lives away. Normal thoughts like every nation has borders that are patrolled and secured and that the United States Department of Defense should not be more concerned about Ukraine's border integrity than her own, while it is also emptying the defense cupboard to defend Ukraine's integrity, leaving it empty for when someday it comes the need to defend ourselves.
Normal thoughts like major cities in America should not represent a 90% higher chance of a criminal death to its citizens than can come from the novel coronavirus. Normal thoughts like perhaps we should not attempt to soothe the anxieties and paranoias of adults by instigating fear and frenzy in children. Normal thoughts like perhaps we should not turn the entire country upside down while shutting it down for a virus 99.7% of us will survive. Normal thoughts like we should not at this stage of life in the history of the world with a developed and wealthy and successful country whose gross domestic product of over $20 trillion should not be witnessing a decrease in life expectancy. Normal thoughts like we should not be observing, witnessing, and doing nothing about a crisis of young adults whose leading cause of death is drug poisoning. Normal thoughts like truckers, policemen, firemen, soldiers, plumbers, and electricians should not be bailing out the debt accumulated by college students who chose to spend five and six years money on degrees in sexuality studies and storytelling. Normal thoughts like normalizing and appeasing terrorists, sponsoring and terrorists committing states and giving them tens of billions of dollars, especially after noting their attempted assassinations of Americans. Thoughts that violate common sense and decency and will breed more terrorism if we give them more money. Normal thoughts like federal laws ensuring the right to end the life of an unborn baby at any stage of life coarsens the culture and violates every notion of human decency and exploitation of the weak. Normal thoughts that calls for violence from leaders of one party against members of another party are to be countenanced, while such countenance only runs in one direction and ends up constituting not only a culture of violence, but a two-tiered system of right and wrong, if not justice making a mockery of equal justice and fairness. Normal thoughts that criminals, no matter their race or economic status, should all be treated the same, and that victims of crime, no matter their race or economic status, should all be treated equally. If the soul of this nation needs saving, perhaps it needs saving from abnormality or making the abnormal conventional with double standards and righteous indignation applying to only one group of citizens, but not another. If the soul of this nation needs saving, maybe it begins by recognizing there is a soul to this nation. And it starts with not just the convenient repetition of our founding documents based on natural rights and natural law, but the belief in those rights, which should translate into the protection of them and a respect for them, a protection and respect that goes further and deeper than political rhetoric, gamesmanship, and partisan one-upsmanship. If the soul of this nation needs saving in the end, maybe it requires saving or talk from someone who believes all of us have souls. And, in the words of Justice John McClain in his dissent in Dred Scott v. Stanford, that we all bear the impress of our Maker and are amenable to the laws of God and man and are destined to an endless existence. Maybe it should come from a man who doesn't say his political opponent, even when it is not Donald Trump, but the good kind of Republican he says he respects wants to put black people back in chains. Maybe, just maybe, in the end, the soul of this country is just fine, so long and when it isn't twisted by knaves in order to make a trap for fools. If you want more unity in this country, after all, if you want a United States of and in, 
America? Rule number one might just be not calling your political opponents with legitimate policy differences the worst epithets in world history. After all, it's one thing to use Independence Hall as a backdrop for a speech. It's another to use its credibility and sanctity to bolster and improve your own. And yet quite another indeed to actually believe in what took place there. I'm Seth Liebson, 602-508-0960. We'll be right back. Welcome back to the Seth Liebson Show. If you're looking for a remarkable investment opportunity with a great return for the investors, check out my friends at Y-Refi. Y-Refi is offering up a fixed no-load interest rate up to 10.25% return for investors, all in a secure and collateralized portfolio. Y-Refi is a due diligence approved firm run by investors to do really well by doing good for others. You can be a part of it, too. Check them out at investyrefi.com. The word invest, the letter Y. R-E-F-Y dot com. You can give them a call as well. 855-316-3087. 855-316-3087. Mikhail Gorbachev has passed away, and we'll have a lot more to say about that in a little bit. And Brandon Weikert will join us in the third hour doing a little uh, rotation here. Uh, Hallman's uh, not able to come in today, but Brandon Weikert will make up from yesterday, so we're restoring our normalcy as best we can around here. And uh, you're not going to want to miss that, and I'll have a few comments on it as well. Interesting what the media is saying about Mikhail Gorbachev. We'll get into that, but let me uh, stay on Joe Biden for just a few moments because it's unclear how he is going to uh, use his primetime speech on Thursday, he gave a speech today, a long speech on crime in uh, Pennsylvania. Uh, his speech Thursday will also be in Pennsylvania, but in Philadelphia, his uh, speech today on crime was in uh, Wilkes-Barre. But um, I'm not sure. I'm not sure his intention is to put water on the fire so much as it is to pour gasoline on it. I'm not sure he's not doubling down uh, today. Today, he said this in his speech about crime in Pennsylvania. Let me see if we can get this here for you. You hear some of my friends in the other team talking about political violence and how it's necessary. Think about this now. Did any of you think, even as old as I'm, you've ever been in an election where we talk about it's appropriate to use force, political violence in America? Find me one Republican. One. One Republican that more than two people have ever heard of, friends on the other team, you know, his friends on the other team, the semi-fascists, that's his phrase, friends on the other team, talking about the use and how it's appropriate to use political violence in America. Find me a Republican two people have heard of that said that. There's a word for this. It's a straw man. It's also projection. 
I just don't even know why there aren't uprisings all over the country. Maybe there will be. There needs Nancy to be Pelosi. unrest in the streets for as long as there is unrest in our lives. Oh, wow. You've got to be ready to throw a punch. You have to be ready to throw a punch. Donald Trump, I think you need to go back and, and punch him in the face. That I thought he should have punched him in the face. I feel like punching him. I'd like to take him behind the gym if I were in high school. If you're in high school, I'd take him behind the gym and beat the hell out of him. No, I wish you were in high school. I could take him behind the gym. I will go and take Trump out tonight. Take him out. When was the last time an actor assassinated a president? They're still going to have to go out and put a bullet in Donald Trump. Show me where it says that protests are supposed to be polite and peaceful. I have thought an awful lot about blowing up the White House. On and on we can go with this. On and on we can go. I have seven minutes of that. I have seven minutes of it, one whole minute clips of Joe Biden threatening, promising, playing with the idea of beating Donald Trump up physically himself, never mind all the other Democrats I just played. And and Joe Biden says today, you hear some of my friends on the other team talking about political violence and how it's necessary. Did any of you think you'd ever be in an election where we talk about whether it's appropriate to use force? Or political violence in America. Does he know what party he's a member of? Does he know who the semi-fascists are? I ask with some degree of seriousness. Because earlier in the speech that he gave today, he confused the Declaration of Independence and the Constitution. Now, it must be on his mind because he's going to Independence Hall on Thursday. And the reason he's going to Independence Hall on Thursday to give his speech is because he wants, you know, all the regalia and all the proscenium of the Constitution and the Declaration of Independence. You know the thing. But he was confusing today in his speech. He actually got it wrong twice. It's kind of hard to do that. Here's how he did it. Let's remember who in God's name we are. I really mean it. What our values are. What we believe. We the people. That's how our Constitution starts, the Declaration. We the people. We the people. That's how our Constitution starts. I mean our Declaration. There's an old uh, piece of advice for test takers. Go with your first choice. It's usually usually going to be the right one. You know, perhaps, perhaps he can be forgiven for not understanding the we in the Declaration of Independence is about truths that are self-evident because the Democratic Party doesn't believe in natural law or truth, perhaps he can be forgiven for not understanding the we in the Constitution is we, the people of the United States, in order to form a more perfect union, establish justice, ensure domestic tranquility, provide for the common defense, promote the general welfare, and secure the blessings of liberty. Because this has been an administration two years running that has done the opposite of every single one of those things. I call him a rhetorical pyromaniac. He's not just sloppy as a speaker. He's sloppy as a president. And you tell me, end of day, you tell me, what will cause more political violence aside from threatening to take your opponent out and punch him several times? What will cause more violence? That or calling your political opponents fascists? You tell me. I'm Seth Leibson. We'll be right back.
Welcome back to the Seth Liebson Show. 34 after the hour brings us our culture and economy update, which brings us the great John Dombrowski. He is the founder and president of Grand Canyon Planning Associates, grandcanyonplanning.com. His website, he also has a show right here every Saturday morning at 7 a.m., The Word on Wealth. John, how are you today? Fantastic. The great long-term investor Warren Buffett today, 91. No kidding. Yes. All right. He's 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 living up to his uh, long-term yes, <laughs> outlook. Yes, that's right. <laughs> Do what Warren Buffett does in all things, except maybe politics. Yes. Except maybe politics. You know, you, 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 you flagged an interesting thing today. The job openings top 11.2 million in July right. last month, well above the estimate, but nearly double the available workers. I have to tell you, until the last couple of years, I didn't really start paying attention to these kinds of disparities. Mm -hmm. Tell us what this means. What do you draw from all this? Well, it's just interesting to to see what's happened over the past couple of years since the pandemic, right? As we started to see that great resignation that's talked about, which is people leaving the workforce probably sooner than what they would have normally expected, but COVID seemed to create some type of a anomaly here in the in the jobs industry where people um, eventually started to feel like they wanted to work from home if they could, and if they couldn't, then they pretty much wanted to retire if they uh, had the opportunity to do so. And I would say part of a lot of people leaving uh, work right now has to do with a lot of the... Uh, the wokeness that's hitting through um, corporations. And what's what's happening is, is we're seeing people retiring much sooner than they would have expected, leaving a lot of vacancies. And that's 11.24 million yeah. vacancies yeah. right now. Yeah. And only uh, half of that, uh, you know, available to fill that. Right. So it's going to be very difficult for companies, number one, to attract good labor unless they're willing to pay more. And if they have to pay more for labor, that's an inflationary uh, pressure uh, assessed to that company, which in turn is going to be a, an adverse effect on what the Fed is trying to do by raising rates. So it's going to be a little bit of a challenge here moving forward. I wonder if the challenge is compounded even further, because when you talk about uh, uh, something like five plus million, 5.2 or some odd million that are unemployed, that is to say uh looking for work but not matching themselves up with jobs, not finding jobs, that's that's one really interesting indicator. And then there's another 10 million people who are eligible to work that aren't looking for work, right. and we don't count them in the unemployment mm-hmm. uh, numbers uh, or percents right. because literally they're not looking for work. They're, that's right. So we're at a weird, what would you call this? It's It's an inflationary point. But there's there's a weird mismatch between employment, unemployment, and uninterested in employment. This is yeah. kind of a new category over the last decade. It is. And, and of course, when we think about uh, a recession, usually one of the triggers, of course, is we have the two quarters of negative growth. Right. But we also have high unemployment. Right. And this is where we're, we're at this strange anomaly that's yeah. going on now, as you're mentioning, yeah. is we don't have high unemployment. And I don't see really a way to get there until until the Fed continues to raise rates and forces us into a situation where we heard Snap today, the company Snap, uh, is going to most likely be um, starting tomorrow, uh, giving notices to about 20% of their employees. So this could be the start of uh, what the Fed wants, is is to really slow down demand. And they realize when when Fed Chair Powell said on Friday it's going to create some pain, 
for individuals as well as businesses. Uh, here it's starting. And, uh, you know, the challenge is, is that if they go too far, Seth, they will put us into a recession. And it could be a deep recession. Right now, the country, U.S., is uh, far exceeding uh, the challenges that we're seeing other nations have over the pond, as it would be over in Europe. Yeah. Uh, but, you know, there's a delicate balance here, and the Fed has to be careful uh, that they don't take it too far to where they do put us into a recession, because if we go into a recession, global recession is is imminent then. You know, I mean, this is this is something that they have to be very careful about. And then and then we're going to have a real unemployment problem. Yes. Yeah. yeah, I mean, that's exactly right. Yeah. So uh, I still think that it's possible that we we may have a soft landing on this, yeah. but we're really not going to know until into next year. And it's going to be a bit tumultuous for investors right now. I know people are nervous about that. But that doesn't mean that you shouldn't still be invested. No. Be very careful about, you know, selling, uh, you know, during periods of volatility like this because, again, the markets can have a rebound and you can miss out on some opportunity. No one better to guide people through that one-on-one than you, John. Thank you, sir. Yep. Certainly reach out to me. Go to our website, GrandCanyonPlanning.com. Request an appointment. Securities and advisory services offered to Client One Securities LLC, a member of Henry Sipic, and an investment advisor, Grand Canyon Planning Associates LLC, and Client One Securities LLC, are not affiliated. By the way, when you make yes. that appointment, it's going to be fun. Oh, yeah. You have a fun office. <laughs> you do. You have a fun environment and a fun office. Thank you, Seth. You betcha, John. Okay. I'm Seth Leibson, 602-508-0960. We'll be right back. Welcome back to the Seth Leibson Show, portions of which are brought to you by Balance of Nature. I take it every single day. Best product I've ever taken, really, honestly. Been taking it for three years. It's kept me from getting sick for three years. Before I started taking it, I'd get sick uh, every time the seasons changed, which was several times a year, and uh, that just doesn't happen. Pure, potent plant power, a blend of 16 whole fruits and 15 whole vegetables. You take it once a day, just once, and you are raring to go. Boosts your energy, boosts your immunity, boosts your overall health. You can access their fruits and veggies by going to balanceofnature.com. That's balanceofnature.com. Make sure to use discount code BALANCE. Uh, Joe Biden's speech today uh, offered up a treasure trove of material and insights into um, insights into uh, his uh, thought processes such as they are right now. And uh, we'll know more after his speech, primetime speech on Thursday, which is going to be another treasure trove because it's unclear to me which direction he's going, getting conflicting reports, how to heal the soul of this nation or how to further point out that uh, the Republicans are the ones tearing this country apart. I uh, played for you, for a reason, the audio clips of Democrats doing exactly what he is blaming Republicans for. Um, I did it for several reasons. One of them is you cannot find audio clips of Republicans anyone has heard of who are doing what he says, but you can find a plethora of audio clips of Democrats saying what he is blaming Republicans for saying. Um, he may be very confused about the parties. He just may very well be. Today, at his speech in wilkes Bar, he said this. You tell me if this is a little bit surprising coming from the president. When it comes to public safety in this nation, the answer is not defund the police. It's fund the police. That's kind of new from a Democratic leader, isn't it? 
isn't it? Because it was his party that said things like this. So we've been talking about defunding the police. Uh, there are some issues that we ask police to do, like mental health issues or policing in schools and all the rest, that perhaps we can uh, shuffle some of that money around. Suck it up. Defunding the police has to happen. We need to defund the police. Mayor Eric Garcetti saying, take some of the money from policing, about $150 million. I applaud Eric Garcetti for doing what he's done. Not only do we need to disinvest for in police, but we need to completely dismantle the Minneapolis Police Department. So yes, defund your butts, defund you. Yes, I support the reallocation of resources uh, from NYPD. We will be moving funding from the NYPD to youth initiatives and social services. On and on, I could do that all day long. So I sometimes wonder if in all of his confusions, he hasn't also confused the parties, whether he's talking about who's arguing for um, and who's instigating political violence or who's on the side of the police and who isn't on the side of the police. This is an interesting part. I saw um, who, who did this. Jimmy Fila, uh, Fila, is that how you say Fala on uh, Fox News made the point. He said he was especially uh, attuned to this because so many in his family uh, have served uh, in the blue. Uh, he said, you know, it's an interesting thing. It was his party. And lest we forget Lest we forget, and it was it was his party and blue states from New York to Massachusetts to California. You just go down the line of blues in Michigan, Wisconsin, that were seeking the firing, the firing of police if they refused to get vaccinated. Who's been hard on the police? Who's been hard on law enforcement? Are we just going to watch the rewriting of all history in real time. Are we going to just preside over, watch, and blithely accept not just the rewriting of history in real time, but the rewriting of current events in real time? I, I, I guess we are. I guess we are. And it's, it's not just Joe Biden. There's a larger, um, there's a larger corner, amen corner at work here. Mikhail Gorbachev uh, passes away today, age, um, some people say 91, some people say 92. It doesn't matter. Uh, Mikhail Gorbachev passes away today, and we'll talk to Brandon Weikert a bit about, about it more in the third hour. But I saw the major headlines, and I'm watching another rewriting of history. Here's CNN. You know, the Cold War wasn't that long ago. Many of us remember it. Many of us remember when the Berlin Wall came down. In any event, Mikhail Go- here's the CNN headline. <laughs> this is great. Mikhail Gorbachev, former Soviet president who took down the Iron Curtain, dies. Can I do that again? CNN headline. Mikhail Gorbachev, former Soviet president who took down the Iron Curtain, dies. He took down the Iron Curtain. He took it down. There wasn't some other representative of other some country who implored him to come here and take it down because he didn't want to take it down. I could give you the New York Times headline. Mikhail Gorbachev, reformist Soviet leader, is dead at 91. Mr. Gorbachev lifted the Iron Curtain, reshaping the world's political climate. Mr. Gorbachev did that. Not, 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 the, not the students in Berlin. Mr. Gorbachev did that. Yes, of course. Washington Post 
Mikhail headline, Mikhail Gorbachev, last Soviet leader of the Soviet Union, dies at 91, oversees the collapse of the Soviet Union as his greatest legacy. Gorbachev did this as if it was his idea, as if it was his desire. Took me back to one of my favorite quotes of P.J. O'Rourke's, who was in Berlin when the wall came down. And he wrote about, any of you remember me quoting this before? It's just so precious. He wrote about how we were playing it in the United States. He says, when I got back to the United States, I was looking through the magazines and newspapers, and it seemed that all I saw were editorial writers pulling long faces about whither a united Germany and whence America's adjustments to the new realities in Europe. Is that the kind of noise people were making in Times Square on VE Day? I say shut up, you egghead flapgums. We've got the whole rest of history to sweat the small stuff. And those discredited peace creeps, they can zip their soup coolers, too. Here's my favorite part. They think Mikhail Gorbachev is a visionary? Yeah, he's a visionary, like Hirohito was after Nagasaki. We won, and let's not let anybody forget it. We, the people, the free and equal citizens of democracies, we living exemplars of the rights of man tore a new, you know what, in international communism. Their wall is breached. Their gut string is busted. The rot of their dead potty politic fills the nostrils of the earth with a glorious stink. Oh, yes. Don't give any credit to the United States and the resolve of the United States. Don't give any credit to Ronald Reagan and the resolve of Ronald Reagan. Never mind the foresight of Ronald Reagan. Don't give any credit to Ronald Reagan, who challenged and countered the entire foreign, establish, foreign policy establishment in both the Republican and Democratic Party saying we can bring down the Soviet Union. No, he's not a visionary. He's, well, memory hold. How very 1984. Portions of this show are brought to you by Cool Touch Air Conditioning, Heating, and Plumbing. I've used this company for years. My friends have. They're the best. Any air conditioning problems or needs you may have, inspection, repair, replacement, a new unit, any plumbing problems you have, call Cool Touch. 623-748-4942. 623-748-4942. Or visit them online at cooltouch.com. U.S. No better customer service, no better service. Make sure and tell them I sent you if you have need to call them. You know, if you are a parent with uh, young children and you want to explain to them the um, passing of Gorbachev, it's going to be headlines all over the papers tomorrow because it's an opportunity to give credit to the person who doesn't deserve credit, and it's going to give credit to a country that doesn't deserve the credit, and it's going to bury the horrors of that country that Ronald Reagan and the United States of America defeated in our long twilight struggle against communism. If you want to teach them about that and the upside-down world in which we live in and the world that, yes, does need the notion of making America great again, show them Ronald Reagan's... Evil Empire speech. 1983. 
National Association of Evangelicals. Show them that speech. Read it to them. Or play it on video from whatever online video server you use. I'm loath to recommend <laughs> the conventional ones these days. They censored me. I'm not going to mention them. Um, and then show them using your other preferred internet search engine. You want me to say it? DuckDuckGo? That's the one we like. Show them, if you want, the visual and audio of Ronald Reagan's Evil Empire speech from 1983. And show them, with DuckDuckGo, all the editorials and all the commentariat that slammed Ronald Reagan for calling the Soviet Union an evil empire. For having the, um, the uh, obnoxiousness and dangerous views and temerity to say that we in the Soviet Union are not on the same moral plane. As he put it, in your discussions of the nuclear freeze proposals, I urge you to beware the temptation of pride, the temptation of blithely declaring yourselves above it all, where you label both sides equally at fault, to ignore the facts of history and the aggressive impulses of an evil empire, and to simply call the arms race a giant misunderstanding, and thereby remove yourself from the struggle between right and wrong and good and evil. Boy, did they hate that. But if you love the Declaration of Independence, you loved it. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.